0: Crush your menopause sugar cravings in time for warm weather fun with all-natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. Delicious, keto, and intermittent fasting friendly. These bars help women manage weight and energy during all stages of the pause. Try them at bossabars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A bars.com and save 10% with code KATIE10. Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. You know we keep it age positive on this show. We are confident in midlife, not looking backwards, wishing we were still 26, 36. We are excited about making the most of the days that lie ahead, but there are still times when we can feel midlife sluggish, out of whack and in need of a reboot. My guest today has ideas for refueling your energy, your health, and for turning the food on the end of your fork into fuel to power your days. Kristen Cofield is the founder of The Culinary Cure, a platform that helps women use the power of food and habit to create health and happiness. The author of the book, How Healthy People Eat, Kristen is a big believer in small steps to drive change and create resilient wellness. If you want a simple way to make healthier food and lifestyle habits part of your day-to-day, stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Kristen.
1: This is so much fun, Katie, because there's a couple of times of the year when people really feel the need to reboot stronger than other times, and that tends to be after summer and at the beginning of the new year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I am... I love summer. I'm a big fan. I spent my summer eating lobster rolls. I spent my summer eating ice cream. I spent my summer drinking rosé, and I love all of these things. But I am feeling that September kind of fresh start that the that the school year always sort of triggers, and I am you know thinking about what changes can I be making to be doing a little bit more healthy eating. We're going to dive into all of these things. I'm super excited. I also love your phrase, resilient wellness. I cannot wait to explore that. But I thought we could just start with some very quick stage setting. Um, I know from reading your website, you've had a long-time career in food. You ran your own catering company. You've been in the hospitality industry for a number of years. But you pivoted in midlife, and you launched the Culinary Cure. Why? Why?
1: Well, I pivoted because my story is a lot a little bit of every woman's story. Um, my seemingly perfect life from the outside really was fraught with some troubles underneath the perfect veneer. and I was struggling. Our marriage was in trouble with we had some financial issues. My mom my mom's breast cancer came back, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Um, my last kid went off to college, and my daughters um, had both of my girls were assaulted, and then I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And oh my gosh, this yeah, is... it's kind of like the tsunami of overwhelming events. Um, it took place over about ten years, and like many women, you don't see it coming because it happens over time, not overnight. And one day in my mid fifties, I woke up and I realized I was at the end of my rope. The rope was long. And then I got to the end and there was no more rope. And that was the point at which I had to to decide, am I going to free fall? Or am I going to just pull myself back up this rope? And in that moment, I knew I couldn't control any of those things that I just described to you. Um, but I could control what was on the end of my fork. And so that's where I started. That's where I sort of had my, my comeback from a devastating decade. I don't even think I said it. And the last thing that happened was my beloved dog died.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, Kristen, this is just such a, a, a series of challenges. I, you know had no idea that you went through all of these things. I am delighted to hear that uh you're on the other side of this and um I you know I know that so many of my listeners are probably shaking their head and identifying themselves in a lot of these challenges that you went through. I mean maybe people are experiencing different things, but I you know I love that you um you know, looked at yourself and said, "What can I be doing to sort of be more in control of, of my health?" You know, what? Why the culinary cure? Why?
1: Um, why focus on nutrition? Well, because it was the only thing I could control. <laughs> was it was what was on the end of my fork. So I started with food because my background's culinary, and I have always been that person who believed that food had the power to heal us. So when my kids were little and you know my son's 34 years old he was getting probiotics he was getting organic baby food so i've always felt strongly that food is our biggest tool in our wellness arsenal. And many of us just don't know how to use it. So I couldn't control all that other stuff. I could control what I was eating. So I started making sure I was only eating things that really served me, that helped me feel better. And the fact of the matter was I wasn't sleeping at all. So I started eating better food, you know, less coffee, less wine, you know, because that's a slippery slope for women when life gets tough, you know, they can open a bottle of wine at five. And, you know, before you know it, you're you're taking those last sips. Um, And I just I needed to feel better. So I started eating different and then I had more energy. So I wasn't sleeping anyway. So I started going to the gym at 5 a.m. And then everything sort of started to change and I started to feel stronger and more in control. And that's where the culinary cure was born from. It really started from my own personal journey, my downward spiraling journey that turned into a roadmap that other women could use to pursue pivoting when life gets complicated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, Kristen, you shared that this all started in your in your sort of mid fifties. How old are you? How old are you now? And how long have you been doing the
1: culinary cure? So, I've been doing the culinary cure for a decade, and I am going to be sixty four in December. And um, I feel like I have more energy than I've had at any other age of my life. Um, I wake up every day excited for the day. Um, I do go to bed early. My husband and I like to go to bed, you know, anywhere between eight and nine. I get up at 4 a.m. I have a powerful morning routine. And I, you know, any I have no special skill set. Any woman can do these things. And, you know, this is a perfect conversation for, you know, the end of the summer, um, trying to get back on track, getting wanting to feel like the best version of you, because summer is one of those times where every night can be saturday night for like 3 months.
0: Yes, I totally agree with that. And first of all, I want to stop for a minute because you said you have no special skill set, but I I believe that you have a special skill set which I'm calling grit. You know, I think that the fact that you were able to create something new for yourself, that you're able to you know, prioritize your health, that you're able to do the things like get up early, work out, exercise, you know, you you know, I'm, I'm saying you do have a special skill set. But I'm so thrilled we're having this conversation now because I feel personally like I've been running, um, you know, at half mast for a, a couple of weeks now, the end of the summer, the launching kids, two kids back to college, you know, the packing, the, the, the shifting of gears, I caught a summer cold. You know I'm not feeling like uh my most energetic self. I know from conversations with other women in my life that they are t- they too are overwhelmed. September brings on a lot of um challenges for women as they as they return to careers they get kids back into school and sort of reorient their rhythm. so this is this conversation is coming at the perfect time for so many. If a woman is sitting here thinking, "I'm ready to make a few changes and to you know to put those simple uh, steps into action that that Kristen talks about, you know, where would you encourage them to begin?
1: Well, all of my programs, all of my coaching, begins with hydration. And I love to say, First of all, this is free. Anybody can do it. So it's not, you don't have to have a lot of money or, you know, extra time because water is free. Hydration is the low-hanging fruit of wellness. And when we're properly hydrated, everything else is better. Our sleep, our mood, our energy, our food choices. But the thing is, most people don't understand what it takes to become properly hydrated. So we're drinking water, but we're not actually becoming hydrated on an intercellular level. And so I like to say Tom Brady and I have this in common. Um, Tom Brady every morning gets up. His first beverage of the day is water. He boosts that water with electrolyte drops, and he has about 24 ounces of water. I do half of that, (laughs) I do 12 ounces and I add the juice of half a lemon, my electrolyte drops, I add some liquid minerals and that's my first beverage of the day. So if people want to feel better after a summer, I like to say it was my summer of amygdala overload. We had a flood in our condo. We had an upstairs neighbor who's not a plumber who did a plumbing project, and that didn't turn out well. We became first-time grandparents. We have a second home that was pretty much booked solid with friends and family all summer, and we take care of my husband's uh, parents and my stepdad, and they're all in their 90s. So (laughs) we just, I was like everybody else. COVID came. We dialed everything back a little bit because we couldn't do all the things that we were doing in our regular life. And then this summer was kind of like the gates were opened and our summers were so full of activity. I am hearing from women everywhere that they felt and still feel overwhelmed.
0: Absolutely. We're we're going into a quick break, but when we come back, I want to explore this notion of overwhelm. At a certain age, we love dry humor, but dry skin, no. Dry skin is one of the most common complaints of women as we age. Why? Because our skin naturally starts to produce less oil and our estrogen levels drop, and less estrogen equals drier skin. At Carrie Grand Skincare, they believe that we don't need more products as we age, we need better ones with natural oil-based ingredients, focusing on health and hydration, not youth and perfection. Cary Grant is dedicated to giving our skin the nourishment it needs. With a simple three-step ritual, you'll see the difference a few essential products can do. At Cary Grant, they use only the best organic, naturally-derived, and non-GMO ingredients. This woman-run company is also sustainably conscious and hand-pours all their products in Seattle. Exclusively for A Certain Age listeners, you can use code KATIE20 at checkout to receive 20% off plus free shipping. That's K-A-T-I-E 2-0. Head to Carrie Gran today. That's K-A-R-I-G-R-A-N. Your thirsty skin will thank you. Kristen, we're back. You use the word overwhelm. You know, my head is nodding so hard, I almost knocked my headset off because we, you know, women have a lot going on. Uh, I don't want to, you know, sugarcoat it. We we're, we have a lot of balls in the air. If we are looking to grab one ball to kind of uh, adopt some of these, you know, healthy habits that, that you have so um, much experience in coaching clients with, hydration is a number one, you know, place to start, what would be number two?
1: Well, I want to tell people how to get properly hydrated because if there's- Okay, let's do it. (laughs) If there is one takeaway from this podcast, it should be that every listener understands what they need to do to become properly hydrated. So hydration is a little bit complicated because we become, first of all, water is an essential nutrient. That means our bodies can't make it. We have to get it from an external source. So there's really two sources for that, food and liquids. We should be eating largely plant-based diets. I mean, there's just no two ways around it. If you want to look and feel your best, you got to eat more fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and those fruits and vegetables will help you hydrate. But what most people don't do is they don't understand how to use water in a, as a practice. So here's the formula. When you wake up in the morning, the first beverage of each day needs to be water. When we're asleep, our body is fasting. And that's because all of our major organs, including our brain, need to detox so they're going to run all their metabolic detoxes while we're in that deep sleep. All of that metabolic waste ends up in our lymphatic system. The lymphatic system is the trash can of the body. It's located between our skin and our muscles, and the lymphatic system can't move itself. So the, there's two ways that we help the lymphatic system take that metabolic trash out. We hydrate because water, those fluids help the metabolic system get moving and we move. So those are two things that should happen every morning within your first hour of waking up. You should hydrate and you should do some movement. Now to properly hydrate, you're going to start, let's just, I'm just going to make it simple. Your first beverage of the day is water. It's best if you can boost, boost your water with electrolyte drops. You can get these on my website at theculinarycure.com in my Amazon store. Um, there's lots of electrolytes out there. Um, so boost your water with electrolyte drops because that's going to add these important minerals to your water that makes your water seem more like your blood when it's in your body. So it's more easily absorbed into your blood cells with those salts and those important minerals. So eight to 10 ounces of water when you first wake up and then you're going to drink eight to 10 ounces an hour for eight to 10 hours a day. So not drinking 100 ounces at three o'clock, rather you're going to sip, take eight to 10 sips an hour because a sip is about an ounce and you're gonna drink eight to 10 ounces an hour for eight to 10 hours a day for two weeks. So you don't get hydrated because you drank a lot of water today. You get hydrated by consuming water consistently, over time, so that all of your major organs can start to use that water and function better, you're going to feel better. Your skin's going to look amazing, and you're going to be like, "Who is that one? I need to. Where do I find Kristen? This is <laughs> unbelievable. How come nobody told me this before?"
0: Okay, you had me. At my skin is going to look amazing because I am <laughs> starting this tomorrow morning. I, you know, I've got that kind of uh, fair, freckly skin, you know, summer sun is not always kind to Katie, it. start it when we get off this recording. I'm having water right now, but I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at my cup and thinking it's not enough. So you, you've, you've had me at hydration. I'm definitely doing that. And I also, I love, I love this notion too, of, um, doing something that, you know, you, you've spelled it out. You broke it down very clearly and simply. And I know when I spend two weeks doing this, you know, I'm going to get that that glowy skin boost that you talked about, but I'm also going to be reminded that by taking these simple steps, that I am in action on something that's good for my health. Because I'm the kind of person that when I'm doing one thing, that's uh, doing one thing well, I feel you know more confidence about doing and adding other things. I know that I'll be opting for you know maybe a salad versus a bagel. Because you know, by drinking the water, I'm reminding myself I'm doing something good for my health. And I think that kind of, you know, knock on effect, you know, that we have when we do one thing right, um, it produces other other better results. Do you find that in your own coaching?
1: Absolutely. And I think we could just add to this water. So seeing as we're talking about morning, let's just give your listeners... This one job, they're going to work on hydration and they're going to work on the first hour of each day because what we do in that first hour of each day sets the tone for the day. And we all know what that's like. Oh, I had a great morning. Then my whole day is really easy. So you're going to start with the hydration, but women so often shortchange themselves nutritionally. So healthy fats got a bad rap. So women are always trying to avoid fat and in its place, very often end up being refined carbohydrates or just too many carbohydrates. Um, So breakfast or the first meal of each day is really the most important meal of the day. And for women, we need the trifecta of a great breakfast. That's fiber, fat and protein. And we really need those healthy fats. So some women, yeah, you know, they hop out of bed, they grab a cup of coffee, they drink their first cup of coffee. Well, what that does is it jacks up your adrenals. So now you've got cortisol shooting through your veins. It's going to affect your hormones. And as women, balanced hormones is like the holy grail.
0: You know? Absolutely. Because it, it, we- it
1: makes all the trains run on the tracks. Exactly. So this first meal of each day gets overlooked. It doesn't get the kind of attention it needs to change our lives, to give us that energy, to help us get back on track. So the hydration is absolutely essential. I mean, it's free. Anybody can do it. I've given you the formula. But the next thing is really making sure that you start each day with healthy fats because healthy fats are what our brain needs. They help us stay fuller longer. So now we're not, you know, running out to grab a bagel, because we're, we're actually feeling good because we had half an avocado and a fried egg and maybe some tomato slices, and some sprouts. And that's like your perfect breakfast. Um, we all also need that fiber. And we get the fiber from fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. And so the more we can incorporate those into our diet, fiber provides us with the prebiotics, the food that the pro or good bacteria in our gut need to function. So breakfast is really setting this tone for the day because our gut sends thousands of messages to our brain each day but our brain only sends a couple of hundred to the gut. So our gut is really calling the shots. And we want those messages the gut's sending to be the good ones, not, you know, go get a chocolate chip cookie, but gee, I really feel like a salad.
0: Right, absolutely. First of all, I I love this notion of this healthy breakfast. I really have taken this on myself. I had a wonderful guest on, Heidi Skolnick, who is a nutrition pro, She's the co-author of uh, a book, um, "The Whole Body Reset," and she talks as well about the importance of, you know, sort of taking in more calories. The importance of having protein at every meal, scattered throughout the day, um, and using protein time and pri- protein timing to build healthy muscle and get your whole system working. So she, you know, she too echoes what you've just shared about the importance of a breakfast as as a cornerstone of of a health. Very quick question before it enters and exits my mind. When you talked about your hydration in the morning, the importance of starting with water, you know, for the listener who might be thinking, you know, I like coffee, I like tea. Does that, you know, you know, is that 50% of my water? What would your answer be about those uh, types of beverages?
1: So your water, you're going to measure separately from your coffee. So um, coffee can be actually very good for us. Um, and I would encourage people to seek out um, fair trade, organic uh, coffee. Most of the Arabica coffee out there um, tends to be pretty good. So if you have a local um, you know, coffee shop and you can find out a little more about the beans, that's always helpful. But what we don't wanna do is jack up our system with caffeine first thing. So you can still have your cup of coffee, but make sure that cup of coffee is after you have that water, because remember the body is fasting when we're asleep and we wanna end that fast by rehydrating. So you can still have your coffee, just have it later. However, herbal tea does count towards your water for the day. And another pro tip here, a lot of people like sparkling water, Mm -mm. It's not. um, Sparkling water is kind of a treat. Um, It shouldn't be used in your water for the day. And I'll tell you why. Water doesn't grow out of the come out of the ground carbonated. (laughs) So the carbonation is added to the water and the addition of the carbonation actually increases the acidity level of that water. And we do not want to increase the acidity levels in our bodies. We want to lower the acidity because acidity is low is um, associated with inflammation. So what we're trying to do is dial down the inflammation in our bodies. Because inflammation actually loves to hold on to calories and store them as fat.
0: And, creates, <laughs> and I don't know anybody disease. that's looking
1: for too much more fat.
0: No, exactly. And it also creates disease. And you know, we know that it's um, at the root of so much of the body's ills. Quick question for you about carbonated water, about seltzers. Uh, during the summer, even though, as I shared at the top of the show, I was enjoying some rosé, a drink that I love. I also went through several weeks uh, of the summer where I was doing like a, a sort of a dry time where I was just not avoiding all alcohol, simply drinking water. And I was drinking instead of my, you know, after dinner glass of wine, I was having a, a sparkling water with maybe a little um, mint in it. I was sometimes putting in some muddled uh, watermelon and making, you know, kind of like a mocktail. Where do you land on sparkling water in the evening as an alcohol substitute?
1: Absolutely. And that's the perfect way to have it is to have it kind of as a treat um, and not as your water as part of your hydration practice. So that's kind of an extra um, bonus beverage. Um, So you're really going to want to work on drinking filtered tap water as your primary hydrating beverage. Okay, terrific. That's good to know.
0: So once we've once we've started with hydration, once we've prioritized the healthy breakfast that you that you outlined, what does the rest of the day look like in terms of um, when we want to have our biggest meal? Do you believe in lunch? Do you believe in lighter dinners? Are we looking to have? You know, obviously we're looking for you know primarily plants, uh, you know, very vegetable heavy. Where do you uh, land on sort of lean protein? seafood salmon chicken steak i
1: eat i eat it all personally I, i'm um, delighted to hear that cuz i do too <laughs> i eat it all but the the plants are the main portion of my diet and We're the only country in the world that ever started eating these massive quantities of animal protein. And the reason for that is we changed the way we raise our animals. We have this industrial farming complex. Uh, Animals are being raised in high rise apartment buildings. They're being given hormones. And all of a sudden, animal protein got really cheap. And so it was inexpensive and readily available and and people started eating a lot more animal protein than they had traditionally because protein was always very expensive and we used the whole animal. So our food has changed more in the past 70 years than in all of human existence up until that time. And that's the way we farm. And As you know, Katie, because you interview so many interesting people on this podcast, we also have become a sicker population because we're wasteful. So now we don't eat all the parts of the animal. We throw them out. Um, People used to get. Let's say you had a a cow, you know, you used every part of that animal for something and then you boiled the bones and the carcass and you made broth and we got all this lovely collagen from from eating that that broth. And that was a great source of protein, too. That was a great way to stretch protein in times when people weren't able to eat protein the way we are today. So I believe that we, so a serving of protein is like a circle drawn on the fist of your hand. So if you're having a piece of meat or fish, think about a circle drawn on the fist of your hand as a protein serving. You don't need to eat a ton of protein at one sitting, but you do need to have protein throughout the day whether that's animal protein or plant protein. And, you know, remember those all those combinations when we were in um, high school, you know, beans and rice, you know, create a protein. So there's lots of combinations like that for plant based eaters. But we do need protein um, and we do need to eat it throughout the day. And getting back to breakfast, we should be eating breakfast like a king. So our big meal should be those earlier meals in the day when we need those calories for fuel, Absolutely. not at the end of the day when we're getting ready to go to sleep. And now our body's confused because it wants to go to sleep and wind down so it can do that metabolic detox. And all of a sudden it's got all this food. Now it's got a, Go into digestion mode.
0: Absolutely. So, rec- because when you think Breakfast about them, we- like a
1: king, lunch like a prince, dinner like a pauper.
0: It's a great analogy. And when you think about where we are in terms of, uh, you know, species and evolution, you know, we used to be going to bed very early because we would we didn't have electricity. You know, our, we ran on a different sort of... Um, clock in a different cycle we certainly were not you sitting down in a cave to eat a gigantic meal at <laughs> 930 at night you know and have several glasses of wine that just wasn't happening so our bodies are just not programmed probably to to, to deal with this kind of um, intake of food but I think dinner is tough so for, dinner is tough for me because it happens every night. And I, you know, I I mean that like seriously, like every single night my kids want to be fed and I'm like, oh my God, again, you know, it's hard because <laughs> at the end of the day, you're you, sometimes you're out of energy. You know, if you're a parent, you need to feed the the people that live in your house. If you're not a parent, you still need to feed yourself. And um, I think at the end of the day, I personally find that sometimes it's, it's harder to feel energized around creating a healthier meal it's easier to lean into things like um, ordering in food or something that that's that's super easy what are, what are one to two simple dinners that that you would recommend to listeners as a building block that they can easily tweak that offer sort of both health and ease and variety
1: oh, I'm glad that you asked this question because, I am the queen of quick, tasty, and healthy. Yay. Um, So one of my favorite meals is the classic roast chicken. And nothing could be easier than getting a chicken ready and popping it in the oven, wrapping up a couple of sweet potatoes, and then steaming up a little broccoli. I mean, it takes no time to prep i have two different recipes at my website at the culinarycure.com for roast chicken and one of my favorite hacks is you slice a an onion into thick slices and you put it in the bottom of the roasting pan and then you've got your whole oven stuffer roaster that you've rubbed with herbs de provence and salt and you've stuffed it with a lemon and you're just going to plop it on those onion slices and roast it in your oven at you know, 325 for like two hours or until it's, you know, the juices run clear and your house smells so good, people will be in the kitchen waiting for dinner. They're going to be so excited. And it takes no time at all to, you know, steam up some broccoli and sweet potatoes are so nutritious. They're a superfood. You just wash them. Put them in some foil and pop them in the oven with that chicken while it's roasting.
0: Yeah, I love that. We do roast chickens a lot because I agree. I think some people are intimidated if they're not cooks, but it's very easy to roast a chicken if you do it on Sunday night. We then turn the chicken into other foods throughout the you know the day. We'll do sometimes like a a Mexican um, taco bowl, you know, with chicken. You could do that on a Monday, or you could take the chicken and roll them up into. Burritos, there's a lot of different ways to repurpose it. It could become, you know, like a chicken season Caesar salad a little later on in the week. I love preparing one or two big things that give me different options throughout the week.
1: You know, another great thing, um, people don't eat enough salads because guess what? Bagged salad is just kind of yucky, you know? It's like, whoa, what do they spray in those bags with that lettuce? Like. I would rather make my own salad on Sundays, you know, buy a bunch of beautiful heads of lettuce and fill my sink with water Cut cut them up, let them let them soak and get clean. And then I've got a bag of lettuce for the whole week. And I also make my own dressing, my I, my famous five ingredient dressing, lemon, shallot, olive oil, salt and pepper. People always are like, now what's in this dressing? It's so tasty and so simple. But when you when you get away from prepared foods, bottled dressings, um, bag salads, You actually save money, you're getting more nutrients for your consumer dollars, and the food just tastes better. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so when it tastes better, you're going to eat more of it. And we all need to be eating salad at the end of the day, every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can make those salad dressings in mason jars, and yeah. again, you make them. You know, maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday yeah. when you've got a little bit more time. Get your kids involved; they love stirring and shaking things. And then it can sit in your refrigerator for a week. Exactly. I just saw you really- can make
1: two weeks worth of salad dressing. Just make your life easier. What happens is, is a lot of people when they shop, they they buy food; they don't buy meals, and that's the biggest mistake. When you buy food, when you buy meals, you have a plan for everything you buy, you're more likely to use it. When you buy food, sometimes you're like, what am I going to do with all these random things that I bought?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I just saw a very fun hack on Instagram. And it was a uh, a woman who takes the, the sort of the tail end of her jar of organic peanut butter, you know, how you can never get all the stuff off the inside. And then she makes a salad dressing in it. And then shakes it up and it's like a peanut butter sort of based salad dressing or peanut butter based, um, you know, based for chicken or different things. And it it just, you know, you already have that remnant peanut butter. You've got that jar. You can turn it into something that you can continue to use throughout the week. I thought that was such a fun hack. And I'm literally eating peanut butter this whole week, waiting, (laughs) waiting for my jar to empty so I can use it. You can't wait to do it. It's so fun. It is so fun. So what are some of the the simple hacks that you use every day, uh, When not every day, but every week when you stock your pantry? I want to make sure that our listeners have a sense of what it is that they should be leaving a supermarket with that's going to make their life easy to create simple, healthy meals.
1: Well, of course, it depends on how many people you're feeding in your household. Um, my chili powder chicken thighs are a staple for us. I'm, I'm mad for chicken thighs, bone in, skin on. I just love them. I've got a great way of cooking them. You cook them skin side down then you turn them skin side up and you broil them and they're perfect every time. So I'm a big fan of, you know, pick your protein, whatever that's going to be. Um, so I would probably pick up chicken thighs thighs, um, probably a piece of fish of some sort. I have um, a great recipe for salmon with fennel and grapes on my website. Super easy, super delicious. Um, but I always have a lot of fruits and vegetables. So I like to start my morning with fruit. Um, that might be avocados because avocados are a fruit. Um, it could be whatever's in season. So here's a big tip for people. Buy what's in season, buy what's local. Even better, go to your local farmer's market. Because when we're buying food, what we're paying for is nutrients. So you want to get the most nutrients for your consumer dollars, and you're going to get more nutrients in food that's grown local, that didn't have to travel, you know, that that is seasonal, Um, So try to eat seasonal and local and don't be buying blueberries in January that are coming from (laughs) South America.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. Or, or watermelon in February, right? You're always right. like, how'd that happen? So you know. by,
1: so you should be leaving the store with whatever's in season. So now we're, we're getting into the fall. So now we're switching from, there's still a lot of zucchini and summer squash looking gorgeous and tomatoes and corn, but then we're going to move into mushrooms and you know, winter squash and those dark leafy greens like kale. So, you want to be thinking seasonal, you want to be thinking local, you want to be thinking nutrient dense. And, you know, some of these things people just don't know how to cook them. So, everything is available to you, you know, on the internet now. You can figure out how to cook just about anything. Um, but most of what you buy. Should be fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds.
0: and a great tip to do it at your local farmers' market because that that helps us um, simplify our choices. When you walk into a gigantic supermarket and there's a gazillion things out there, it's like sometimes you leave the full shopping cart and nothing for dinner. So exactly. I think the idea of just you know saying like I'm buying what I see at the farmers' market today and that's what we're making simplifies your choices and it sort of helps narrow things down. Christian, we're going to be heading into our speed round in just a minute. I could talk to you all day long about this. I love food. I love eating it. I love making it. I love preparing it. I'm excited um, with some of the uh, ideas you've given me about getting myself to the farmer's market, doing more of that. Uh, I do want to quickly ask you about The Culinary Cure, about your book, How Healthy People Eat. I'm always fascinated. Do you think you could have Uh, written this book, do you think you could have launched the culinary cure when you were younger or did it take getting to midlife to realize these creative projects?
1: Uh, What a great question. I'm going to tell you a really quick little story. I remember picking up my daughter. She's 27 now. I remember picking her up at school. She was in third grade and I was in the carpool line and I was listening to NPR and I heard them talking about this new thing, Um, this new platform called YouTube. And in that moment, I knew that I should do that. Like I should, like I'm the perfect person to be on YouTube. Like I could, you know, create my own wellness show and share it with people. But that was a long time ago. And we all didn't have cell phones that would have made it possible to self record. We didn't have Amazon. None of that was out there. So I would have required all kinds of professional gadgetry and it would have cost me a lot of money to to self produce. So I think timing is everything. And it just, the timing was right with the technology, with the uh, my extra bandwidth, because I didn't have kids at home anymore. And with what had happened in my life that led me to believe that other women must need this information. If I needed it, other women needed it. And nobody had created, you know, this sort of roadmap to midlife and how you reboot when the shit hits the fan and the shit hits the fan a lot it,
0: it, it, it the, the shit hits the fan no truer words have been spoken uh, not a single person listening to the show has not had something in their life go sideways you know uh, sometimes people suffer great losses there's uh, things change you know marriages end jobs come and go health health's an issue. Everyone uh, who's made it to midlife has gone through something hard. And that, I think, is our superpower, right? That is why women in midlife knock it out of the park when they try new things, because we have that confidence and we have a lot of lived wisdom, and we know we can make things happen because we have survived the shit hitting the fan. Uh, Kristen, this has been such a treat. We are moving into our speed round I love closing on this high energy note. Uh, This is just a quick one or two word answer to complete these sentences or these thoughts. Are you ready? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, launching the culinary cure was? Exciting and fun. Nice, my favorite healthy snack?
1: Avocados.
0: This food is always in my grocery cart. Butter. You will never find this food in my kitchen.
1: Anything with artificial ingredients. <laughs>
0: <laughs> OK, surprise. This health food superhero doesn't do it for me. Liver. Liver. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm echoing that. OK, best, <laughs> best nut.
1: Brazil nuts. Sprinkle
0: this nutritious topper on your salads. Sesame seeds. OK, and you say food is medicine. What's a food we haven't talked about yet that keeps the doctor away?
1: Hmm. That we haven't talked about yet. Mushrooms. Mushrooms. We didn't really go into mushrooms, but mushrooms um, are incredibly medicinal and they have all kinds of properties that can really heal us from within. So mushrooms. Mushrooms. Very nice.
0: Okay, finally, your one-word answer to complete this sentence, as I age, I feel.
1: Powerful.
0: Love it. What a great note to end on. Thank you, Kristen. This has been such a treat. Before we say goodbye, how can uh, our listeners find you, your work, and The
1: Culinary Cure? Um, cure Theculinarycure.com is home to all of my recipes and programs and coaching information. People can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Cofield and I post stuff every single day. And I've got my um, 21 day detox and reset coming up. So if anybody feels ready to double down on their habits, to become fully hydrated and to learn a ton of good habits to take with you the rest of your life, you can join me at The Culinary Cure and sign up for my 21-day detox and reset.
0: Absolutely fantastic. I'm putting all of those into the show notes. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much. This was a joy. It was a total treat. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Join me next week when Dana Hilmer of Camp Invention shares ideas to shake up and redesign the next half of your life. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties.